Welcome to the Prepare Like a Pro podcast. Every week, I host live chats via our YouTube channel with leaders in the AFL and high-performance industries. Join me live every Sunday at 6pm where I debrief for recent chats and announce the upcoming guests. We drop an inspiring and educational episode every Monday. If you like the show, please follow us on your favourite podcast app. Welcome back to the Prepare Like a Pro podcast. My name is Jack McLean. I'm the host. In today's episode, I interview Tom Cleary. Tom is the Prepare Like a Pro strength and conditioning intern for the Glenorchy Football Club. He's looking after the men's program. He is also a business owner of Tom Cleary Coaching, which is an online program specifically for men, and he has a Bachelor of Health and Physical Education. Highlights from this episode, why a growth mindset is so important when dealing with setbacks, practical tips for coaches who want to build an online brand, the importance of journaling and how to set effective goals. Before we start this episode, if you want to have a prepare like a pro, manage your football club's high performance program, which includes my strength and conditioning programming and an intern like Tom facilitating the sessions and individualizing the program for rehab purposes and development purposes that suit the players, email me at jack at preparelikeapro.com. Let's get into today's episode. Welcome, Tom. Thanks for jumping on, mate. Thanks, Jack. Let's uh, dive into the beginning of your career. At what age? It's usually a, a common trend for, for PTs and, and fitness coaches to start pretty young. What age did you start in the industry? Um, so I was really, really lucky. Back when I was at university, uh, a job came up. So jumped on the desk and from there, there wasn't actually that many full-time PTs there. They just had a couple of fly-ins that were doing classes and bits and pieces. And yep. Yeah, a heap of people asked me if I, I would train, train them and yeah, I went out, got my qualifications and that's where it all started. Fantastic. And when did you discover you had a passion for, for strength and conditioning, personal training? Um, obviously, when I was younger, it was more for my own, own learning. Um, initially, it was more, you know, what can I do to become better personally? I was on a bit of a journey to become the best footballer I could be when I was younger. Um, and yeah, I found that a lot of those lessons helped me initially and just going for my own transformation because yeah, I, like, I wasn't genetically gifted or anything like that. Um, yeah, I had to work quite hard to get my body to where it is now. And yeah, all the lessons I've learned along the way, kind of once I fully transformed myself and got to, I guess that next level, um, I was able to share those teachings on and I guess once I fully gained that full appreciation of it all. Um, that's where the the true passion came from. Yeah, and and was most of your learning back then self taught through research, or did you lean on a few mentors that helped shape your career? Yeah. So initially, um, we had a really good uh, strength conditioning coach at Glenorchy. Um, he was he was I guess my first mentor. And from there, he was really good in regards to mindset and just getting out, getting it done, um, just probably building my mental game in regards to, I guess, learning all the fundamentals I needed to know to be a successful coach. Um, that's when I moved to the VFL and I just had access to just so many coaches. Um, obviously, at Williamstown, we had four strength conditioning coaches and nutritionists, physios. So just by having that many people around you, it was kind of like my own little mastermind. And because I was obviously working in my own practice, I just wanted to learn as much as I could. And I mm. utilized all those people that I met along the way 
to um, really propel my own learning. Yeah. And then you mentioned at the start, it was very much to, on your own personal journey to help your football performance. Um, and you weren't genetically gifted. For, for those developing footballers that are tuned into the podcast, what were some uh, helpful things that you found along the way, I guess some gems that helped you improve your athlete development? Um, initially, it's just working on the fundamentals. You know, Too often I feel like people are focusing too much on the accessory stuff and not enough on the, the, I guess the, the bread and butter of what you need to do, focusing on becoming a stronger athlete, focusing on becoming fitter initially um, and working on your weaknesses and making them not so uh, deficient in your game. So one of the main ones for me was I had to get stronger. I grew really late um, and yeah, I, I was very skinny. So I had to put on some muscle. That was goal number one. And secondly, I wasn't a very good endurance athlete. So I had to build my tank and there were two, two major factors that really propelled my game. Within two years, yeah, I saw a huge difference in my game. Yeah, and you mentioned at the VFL program, Williamstown, you had four S&Cs. How would you um, utilise them to their full capacity to get those results? Was it um, getting a program, following the program? Was it asking them questions throughout training? Take us through sort of your mindset on how you made the most of, of that environment. Well, very, very lucky. So 40, 40 guy squad. So every coach only had 10 players. So it was up to you as a player to reach out and get extra help. I was always on the front foot. You know, the coaches are usually there, you know, an hour, hour and a half before training. So I'd always be there an hour and a half early. You know, if there was a movement pattern, I felt like I wasn't quite doing right. I'd get help there. Um, a lot of the strength indicators and the way in which I was doing movements, you know, they could help me in regards to that. But the main thing was, you know, when I had a specific goal I wanted to achieve, they could really clearly define how I could achieve it. So that yeah. was probably the main thing. Yeah, I love that. That's great advice. Uh, you, you, can th you can look at a schedule um, and see that, you know, training starts at 5 o'clock, um, but you worked out that the coaches were there beforehand, an hour before, so why not tap into that resource where you you do get that one-on-one -on -one time and, and make the most of that, that downtime to get better. And, and that would accumulate, I imagine, if you add those hours up over a week, months and, and the year, um, the amount of, like it's a great way to get a competitive edge against your, your peers and, and make yourself better uh, and ultimately fast-track your development. Was that something that you, um, you just did through um, trial and error or did someone recommend you did? put in that time and start getting into the club early um it's it's a bit of a bit of a bit of a story behind this one i i never on going through probably my junior years of football you know i was never fully dedicated to it i kind of was half dedicated to it um and yeah i just had a few few things that sort of happened throughout my late teen years which kind of made me wake up a little bit and realize that Life is really short and if you want to make things happen, you know, your footy career is a very, very small part of your life. So if you really want to make something of it, you're going to have to get out there and get it done because time flies and, you know, you go from high school and the college into almost finishing uni, you know, it's time to get a move on and start to get things rolling. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then you mentioned the personal trading side of things. When did you make that shift where you started focusing on actually coaching others you mentioned that a few guys approached you 
Um, so that sounds like that's where you started getting that experience. But when did you make that, I guess, shift where you're like, oh, where you started taking on more clients, working in the online game and really building your, your brand, the Tom Cleary coaching? Yep. So pretty much I was training really hard. Um, yeah. Over the course of my time in Melbourne, when I was obviously playing VFL and stuff, I was just really elevating my own physique. And at the time I was running another business where I was, uh, I was teaching teachers on how to take um, activities with kids from disadvantaged communities. So I found that really fulfilling, but it wasn't like a long-term thing for me. It was more something I was doing just to, I guess, pay the bills and, you know, it wasn't very time consuming, but it was, I was getting paid quite well. So I could go out, do my work and I'd still have heaps of time to prepare and I guess focus on my main goal, which was my football at the time. And then I was in a gym. Um, I used to, yeah, I obviously used to liaise with a lot of the PTs and stuff. And one of my mates now, he's actually a, a full-time online coach at JCF, but he's just like, man, like, you know, your stuff, like you should get into it. And pretty much I kind of went home and thought about it. And I was just like, you know, this is where my passion's been, you know, sharing that and teaching others and helping others. And it's one of the main reasons I got into teaching. Um, yeah, I've always, always loved helping others to achieve what they want to achieve. And it just seemed like a logical step for me to follow the health and fitness path. And what was your, for, for, for the coaches listening in to, in the podcast world, uh, which is probably our main demographic, strength and conditioning coaches, uh, personal trainers, um, how, do you, how did you start? Was it Instagram? Was it Facebook? Take us through Where's the best place to start, do you think, when you want to start developing your own brand? Look, um, in regards to social media, it's, it's one of those ones where if you're not fluent with it, you're just better off starting as a PT, jumping into a gym, getting the gym, obviously, to get you some clients. From there, it's completely up to you to get results. I, I truly believe results are gold and you know, referrals are gold. And if you can get people results and you can guarantee them, if you do your program or if you follow the steps I'm going to put out for you and the plan I'm going to lay out for you and you will achieve what you want to achieve, you know, there's, there's nothing else that you really need. Um, that's, that's my honest belief in the coaching game. Yeah. So have the results, make the talking, do the talking. Yeah. Good philosophy. Uh, and, and, and what about from a going back to your, your football point of view, uh, how did the VFL come about? Obviously, you, I imagine you were playing most of your football before then in Tassie. What, why did you make the move to, um, to, to VFL uh, and, and take us through? What was the difference between the two playing in Tassie compared to, to VFL footy? Um, so like I said before, I grew really late. So I, I didn't stop growing until I was 22 very late. Um, and yeah, I, I wasn't playing senior football even in Tassie until I was 21 and I blossomed and sort of started growing into my body. And I had two really good seasons at Glenorchy. Um, the first season we lost the grand final. Um, I'd gotten some VFL interest that year and I'd elevated my game like exponentially. And I was just like, well, if I can do this in one year, you know, what can I do in another year? Um, but I, I still knew deep down I was a little bit underdeveloped and yeah, I spent one more year in Tassie. We won the grand final that year and yeah, the rest is history. Made my way over to, um, made my way over to Vic. Um, just a, a good one in regards to like how underdeveloped I was. 
Mm. I guess a little bit about sort of Tassie footy. Um, my bench press was bigger than my squat when I went over to um, Melbourne. So, yeah, it's just um, it's one of those ones and that's probably where my passion has been coming back to Glenorchy is sharing the importance of strength conditioning and, yeah, actually preparing like an athlete. So, yeah. Yeah, it's so important putting yourself in those environments, isn't it, where you you, you can absorb so much being in these uh, high-performance environments and, uh, and and like you mentioned, work on your weaknesses, get an understanding of those weaknesses and top them up. And um, was it when you're sharing that knowledge with um, the, the guys in the Tassie program now, um, what are some of your key pillars and key areas of focus from an athlete development point of view? First and foremost, I would say leg strength. Um, it's one of those ones where when all our state teams go over to Melbourne, Perth, South Australia, you know, just the overall leg development, um, kids and players from other states, you know, you can tell they're doing leg weights. You know, they're strong, strong for the, their lower body, their ability to win contested ball, stay strong over the ball. Um, it's just so important, especially in a physical game like football where you know, being controlled over the ball, being controlled even when pressure comes your way is a very vital part of the game. 100%. And, and going back to your personal training, strength and conditioning career, what, what are some of your fondest memories where you look back and, um, yeah, you, 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 you're proud about those moments throughout your coaching career? Um, there's two main ones. Uh, I once had a client, um, he was a dad, he was 50, and he came in and, yeah, he wanted to, wanted to lose some weight. Um, you know, once you start digging deeper and find out the deeper reasons why people are wanting to do those things, I guess that's where the gold's found. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, he, um, he wanted more energy. He wanted to actually be able to finish this Spartan race and he wanted to fit back in his old clothes and wanted to feel, feel good about himself again. And, yeah, when we first started, he's like, yeah, I'd be happy with four or five kilo. And I said, nah. Let's go for 30. 30 he can't, he, yeah, he just looked at me. He goes, huh? And I said, yeah, we're going to do it in 16 weeks as well. And he goes, really? I said, yeah. And, um, yeah, uh, we didn't quite make it there. We missed out by 0.4 of a kilogram. But the following morning um, after the 16 weeks and he went on holiday, the following morning he weighed in at the uh, specific amount. That's probably one of my most fondest memories, yeah. Wow. Yeah, just, uh, yeah, wow. Just, seeing, just seeing the disbelief that, you know, something like that could be possible. And I guess as coaches, that's the main thing to show people, I guess, what they are capable of and what is possible. Yep. Hey, guys, CJ here. Um, I've been fortunate enough to work with Jack for the last two years preparing for last year's NAB AFL Draft Combine and then this year's NAB AFL Draft Combine. Um, He's been absolutely amazing, helping me zone in on specific areas of what I wanted to work on, which is my endurance of the 2K time trial and um, the 20-metre sprint. Trying to crack that under three seconds has been a massive goal for me this year, and I feel like that the work that I put in with Jack, he's just helped me skyrocket um, for my personal goals, which has been absolutely amazing for me. But it's not only it's not only what he's done on field for me, it's what he's done off field for me. He's been able to help me be persistent with the lockdowns that we've had, stay motivated, prepare for massive events, especially the combine this year, which was done over Strava, unfortunately, that we couldn't get out to the Holden Centre and compete um, against the other the other prospects. But 
Also, the massive one is just recovering. He's been able to give me massive, massive influences on how to recover properly. Obviously, fueling for your next sessions massively for me as well. And the advice that he's given me so far has just been second to none. It's been really appreciative what he's done. Um, I've really enjoyed working with Jack. I feel like we've become a bit of a, we've made a bit of a friendship, which is always, it makes it easier when you're training, when you've got basically a mate that's telling you what to do. It makes it a whole lot easier than a, than a random coach that you've never really met before. So I feel like Jack's just helped me, helped me prepare for the combine as, as, as best as I could. And yeah, I can't appreciate the stuff that he's done for me. And yeah, he's made me really tick some boxes in, in my own my own goods and hopefully recruiters and are happy with my improvement. And yeah, that's a massive shout out and thanks to Jack. And in that moment when you, when you yeah, stretched him and, and really um, pushed, pushed him, like you said, stretched his boundaries, did you have full confidence or did you know that Geez, this might not happen here, but I'm just going to take. I'm just going to roll the dice as a coach. No, look, I could tell he was serious, and you know, if, especially in in fat loss, if you know your fundamentals and you know how to keep people accountable to the process they need to follow, you know, you, you're going to be fine as a coach. But you've got to know your stuff in regards to that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And on the flip side, what about your your biggest challenges, and what did you learn from from your biggest challenge? I think the biggest challenges in coaching is, you know, you can lay out the best program, everything can be perfect, but, you know, sometimes the client's not quite ready. Mm. Um, They say they are ready, but it's kind of being able to get that mindset shift and get them to fully buy into the process and fully buy into themselves. And, you know, it's one of the most frustrating things as coaches, you know, whether that be in football or just as a trainer, you know, being so so dedicated to, I guess, to this life and um, trying to share that passion and get people to obviously value their health and value their fitness as much as what we do. It's, um, it can be a little bit frustrating sometimes, but I guess that's why we're here. We're here to, um, yeah, keep going and keep sharing that passion and keep helping people even if they, uh, yeah, sort of fall off the wayside. No, thanks for sharing, mate. That's a, it's 100%. It does teach you patience, doesn't it? To, uh, <laughs> like said, everyone's on their own journey and uh, for some, they, they're going to take on it really quickly. It's come at the right time and for others, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a bit longer. But yeah, like you said, it's our role to stretch them but also support them. And um, yeah, it's awesome, awesome to hear that you've, you've got that balance between the two. Going back to uh, challenges, um, well, I know you're going through ACL reconstruction for, for the athletes listening in. Um, what, is, what are some of the biggest challenges dealing with a long-term injury? Obviously, this is something that happened last year for you. Um, talk us through yeah, that challenge. I guess in regards to injuries like that, it's, it's, a, it's a big one. You go from flying, you know, you could have had the best pre-season in your life, you could feel the fittest, the strongest of your life, and something like that happens, and it changes the whole course of, I guess, what you need to do. Uh, when I was going through it, it just seemed like I just built myself. I just put in so much time to get myself to a certain point. And yeah, when I was in bed, obviously recovering from the surgery, I could just see myself just atrophying away and getting smaller and weaker. And, you know, the first time I got out of bed, I could barely walk. And yeah, there's like certain times throughout the rehab journey where you can't really see if things are going to get better. And especially with ACLs, it seems like you get better for a week and, you know, you might 
like stand on something or move incorrectly, your knee swells up and it seems like you just go backwards again. Um, so, yeah, definitely one of the lowest points of my life. Um, yeah, I've never, I'm sure there's probably worse injuries out there, but it just seemed like there wasn't a whole lot I could do to help myself out of the situation apart from rest. So, yeah, especially as a, as an athlete, it just, you always feel like you should be doing more. I've always been someone that's like, I need to do more where just at that point in time, I just need to just rest and, you know, reflect and make a plan moving forward. Yeah. And, and like, like managing that um, one week moving forward and then having a, you know, a setback uh, quite regularly throughout the process uh, where your knee swells. And as you mentioned, you want to put in more work and get yourself prepared and ready. Um, but you know that you need to rest and, and let your body absorb the, the training and then go again. Uh, how did you learn to cope with that and not get overwhelmed and stressed um, with those setbacks? Um, a bit, bit cheesy, but I started practicing gratitude. Um, I had this journal. I think I've got one here. It's called the, the inner journal. That's right, the inner journal. So I just started journaling. Stephen Morks? Yeah, they're really good. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm an avid reader as well. So I read the Resilience Project. I was reading a heap of stuff, just more on my mental game, just how to become a little bit mentally stronger. And yeah, I just found that, I guess, being grateful for the things that I have and the things that I've done and, you know, all the great things that, have, that I've experienced along the journey so far, just reminiscing on those things and appreciating the things I do have. You know, I had money. I lived near my parents. I had friends that were willing to help me out, bring me down food. And yeah, you know, without all those things, it would have been even harder um, with the injury. So yeah, I love that, mate. That's um, yeah, testament to, to your mindset and your attitude to, to continue to grow and learn and look at, look at setbacks as an opportunity to get better. Uh, and with the physical side being on, on, on sort of had a back burner, in, so to speak, you focus more on your mental game. For, for, for athletes that might be going through a setback, um, talk us through the journal. What, what, is, what do you do? Is it a daily thing? Is it weekly? Talk us through the process. And, what, and ultimately, what did you gain from it? Um, the main thing is at the start of the journal is you, you plan out your next two, two to three months. So what are the goals you want to tick off? What are some of the things that you – what are the checkpoints you're going to tick off along the way? And by doing that, you're, you're working backwards from that. So then your days are planned around, you know, this is going to be the goals we need to achieve in two, three weeks. What daily things do I need to do? Um, in regards to the gratitude stuff, you're always writing down in the morning, what are you grateful for? You know, what do you have in your life that you're happy about? Mm. You know, it's a better way to frame your life than framing your life with what you don't have right now. You don't have a healthy body. You don't have the, ne the knee that you probably want. But reframing the situation into, you know, these are the amazing things I do have. Um, I just found that was really powerful. And I'm a man of structure. I like routine. And I was able to just plan out a bit more of a routine especially when you're injured like that and you're spending a lot of time in bed, I was able to allocate time slots where I could just do other things or read. Um, I was doing at the time a course. So I'd allocate a couple of hours each day to just work on upskilling and building on my knowledge base. But yeah, that's probably another good thing as well. You know, if you're not able to do one thing, you know, there's probably something else you could do to help you out along the way yeah. as well. Yeah. Focus on what you do have and, 
what you can control. That's um, yeah, that's great insights and good gems for for anyone, not just athletes, but anyone going through a challenging time. We'll, we'll move to the uh, get to know Tom segment of the podcast. So these are, are light; <laughs> you can have fun with these, mate. Um, what, which movie or TV series has uh, impacted you the most, and why? I'd say Braveheart. Um, oh, classic. One of the all-time greats. That um, popped up yet, actually. That's definitely in my top five, Braveheart. That's a ripper. Yeah, you know, um, I just I value, I guess, his willingness to stick to his word and um, be brave in moments which you could probably normally just run from. Um, I think that's a bit of a dying art these days, having the courage to stand up for what you believe in. Awesome. And what about uh, on that inspiring? What's your favourite inspirational quote or life motto? Um, I actually got it written up on my wall over here. It is, <laughs> to be a true teacher, you need to be the living embodiment of your teachings. Where's that placed on, on the wall, is it? And written? Uh, no, I've got, a, I've got a mindset map. I've got my values and I've got my daily affirmations. And then in your work life, what makes you angry, i.e. what are your pet peeves? Um, Work life, uh, I guess because I work with a lot of of young fellas. Um, Plenty of guys like to talk, but um, not many people like to do the work. I've got a lot of respect for people that, you know, even like your Conor McGregor's of the world, the people that talk, but they work the hardest. You know, nothing worse than someone that talks too much but does very little. And then what's your favourite way to spend your day off? Both these last two questions are COVID-free worlds as well. 100%. Um, so I'm a Tassie boy at heart, so I used to love going outdoors. Um, I'm an avid fisher, so I love my fishing. So when I went to Melbourne, um, fishing turned into going shopping with the boys and strolling along the beach. So I've been happy to get back to Tassie and yeah, get back into the outdoorsy style of things and, yeah, chuck a, chuck a few lines out and catch some fish. What's your favourite fish to catch? What do you like to go for? Is it ocean, river? What's your style? Um, I've, I've actually had a pretty good run this year. I've caught some bluefin tuna, but uh, it doesn't get any, any better than catching a big alpha predator. So we're going after mako sharks in about four oh, weeks. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and what about our favourite holiday destination and why? Um, I've got many uh, avid memories of, uh, yeah, boys' trips over the barley. So that used to be just uh, once a year and um, we'd put a crew over there. Um, been to America, been to Thailand, been to New Zealand. And I hope I can get to Europe before I'm 30. If not, I might cry. Uh, but, yeah. Um, How many years you got left of the 20s? I've got a couple left, got a couple left. So, yeah, (laughs) a little bit scared, a little bit scared, but I've got to make it over there before I'm 30. So that's the, um, that's the goal. Yeah. Is it COVID the thing that's holding you back or just work commitments and bits and pieces? Oh, just, just COVID really. Um, I I don't want to go over there and have to do another fortnight of isolation. Bit of a, yeah, 100%. Bit of a pain, but yeah. Uh, hopefully it blows over soon, hey? 2022, new year, fresh start. Let's get over this uh, COVID constraints. Uh, and, uh, yeah, go, where would you go? What's your first country? 
Look, I feel like I've got to do the basic white boy experience. Um, I'd have to do like Ibiza, Greece, and Croatia. Yeah. I'd just have to tick those off just, just for my own soul. Um, and then beyond that, you know, I'd, I'd like to do the touristy stuff, Italy. Um, yeah, even, even through like, even going up to like Russia or something like that would be cool just for a different vibe. Um, yeah. Yeah. Look, I, I'm an avid traveler. Um, back when I stopped playing VFL, started playing a little bit of local league, just the freedom to be able to travel and I guess do that, that sort of stuff was, yeah, it was, it was good. Very good. And, and what about what's on the horizon for you for, for the rest of the year, mate? And, and then also leading into 2022, what's, what's in front of you at the moment? What are you focusing on? Um, so the main goals of almost finished a course, I'm building out a course, which is more or less um, my teachings, um, just the foundational teachings of what I do in my online VIP course. From there, I want to start on YouTube. So that's been my next, next little project. I've been going pretty hard on Instagram. So um, I've been quite successful on there, but yeah, the next little project is going to be YouTube and obviously learning how to edit videos and do a decent job of that. And just learning a new skill set. I feel like it's going to be a really good new challenge. Mm. Uh, that's awesome, mate. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for, for coming on and um, yeah, giving us your, your, your ups and downs of life experience. Um, we can learn from you know, obviously things that have worked for you. Success leaves clues, but also the mistakes and challenges and, and, to speak to someone like yourself that has that uh, optimistic mindset and growth mindset is uh, invaluable for coaches and, and athletes to, to listen to and, and start taking on, mate. So I really appreciate your time and, and uh, yeah, you're doing big things. I can't wait to come down to Tassie and catch up with the Glen Elkie Footy Club and uh, yeah, hopefully it's a successful 2022 season with Ace and the rest of the boys. 100%, mate, 100%. Any final words, mate? Um. No, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, Tassie is waiting paradise on earth. So, yeah, you're always welcome down here. Um, yeah, apart from that, thanks for, thanks for having me on. Awesome, mate. No, thanks for coming on. And thanks for everyone that's tuned in. Uh, at this stage, we have no planned live chats coming up. So it's a bit of a reset and recover and let the podcasts that have happened. We're about eight weeks ahead. Uh, so Tom's podcast, this live episode, will, will be released in the new year. And um, if you have any questions or queries or in the meantime, if you just tuned in halfway through, you can watch the whole episode on our YouTube channel. And for those looking for a Christmas program, we have a free 14-day trial as well at the moment. Uh, All you need to do is sign up to our email list at preparelikeapro.com. But I'll see you guys on the next episode. Cheers, guys. If you enjoyed this episode and want even more, our academy is for you. The Prepare Like a Pro Academy is a platform that hosts exclusive features and bonus content such a Q&A segment aimed at getting to know the guests on a more personal level. Here's an example with Emily Meehan, head sports dietitian at the Collingwood Football Club. What are things that, that fire you up? Oh, this one is always, uh, so I suppose it is, um, it'll be topical for most people, I think, but staying in your lane. And I yep. often find that with nutrition, everyone eats, so everyone has an opinion. And I think that's what really gets me fired up um, because so many people try and provide nutrition advice based on their end of one experience when they did intermittent fasting or keto or whatever it might be. 
and then game changes, yeah, like game game changes whatever that might be and look it probably keeps me in a job but that it does drive me insane because yeah. sometimes the information can be so detrimental um, and opposite to what I've been working with my athlete or athletes and you know and because they hear it on someone's socials or through a documentary it unravels everything that I've been working with an athlete for yeah yeah another feature of our academy is the opportunity each week to join myself as co-host on the prepare like a pro live chat show here's an example with academy member Rama Davies the friendly conditioning coach at the Box Hill Hawks welcome Rama to the chat uh Rama has also worked at at Box Hill, or currently he's working at Box Hill Hawks with us, awesome. so he's another Box Hill man uh, in the strength and conditioning department. So I'll handle it over to you, Rama, to, to ask you a question, mate. Thanks for joining us. Excellent. Thanks, Jack. And, yeah, thanks, um, thanks, Sam, for the chat. It was uh, I found it to be really insightful, plenty of gems in there, um, and I enjoyed it a lot. Um, mate, my, my question to you was you spoke quite a bit about um, perspective during that chat. Um and I was wondering what are some of the things that you either know or um, do physically that um, you wish you either knew or did uh, back at the beginning of your career? Uh, what are some of those things? Mm, yeah, good question. Um, yeah, so I suppose with perspective on life, um, that sort of point, um, it yeah certainly yeah has been massive for me now and and didn't probably have that as much um, when i was younger um i suppose one thing i might mention is is gratitude i spend a lot of my mm. time um doing a lot of gratitude exercises listening to podcasts doing a, a journal every day just a bit to say what i'm grateful for sort of three things and um that's a fantastic way that i've been able to yeah, like reset and, and just kind of gain that gratitude and perspective about, you know, that there is more to life than football or, you know, might be whatever as an SNC coach, you know, if something's if you're having a hard time, um, it can be massive with just, yeah, opening your eyes a little bit and losing that sort of tunnel vision or being stuck in that in that work bubble. Um, yeah. So that's that's been huge. Um, I think I wish back then when i was younger i asked more questions and was a bit more open to different things mm. i think i was a bit single-minded back then and um you know i thought there was one way of doing things and um if i kind of didn't have that fear fear of you know asking a silly question or fear of judgment it would have got me a lot further and i probably would have learned a lot quicker um and yeah. and yeah like just yeah being open to sort of different things um because you never know what you might find it's just yeah there's so many people, like great people out there, knowledgeable people to learn off. And there's plenty more where that came from. If you would like to learn more, then enter patreon.com forward slash prepare like a pro or head to the link in our show notes. Thank you for listening to the Prepare Like a Pro podcast. If you like this episode, it'd be a massive help if you could like, follow, rate, give a review or even share with your mates. The show is recorded in Melbourne, Australia. Be sure to follow our Instagram page for all updates on our latest and greatest. If you would like to get in touch to suggest a guest or advertise with the Prepare Like a Pro podcast, please email me at jack at preparelikeapro.com. Thanks so much for tuning in.